Shout Both. your generation. Gen four. Two. Two. One. Oh, oh, come on, that's man. A, that's a bitch answer. <laughs> that is. I don't care. I don't come care. On. It's Gen one. How can you go wrong come with Gen on, one? Man. Hello, hello. Welcome into Lighthearted Gamers, episode 50. 50 episodes of this show. We are so pumped to be here. We are so pumped to have this special. This is going to be a very unique episode. I'm really excited to jump into this, guys. We have a lot that we're about to break down because this episode is 50 video games that you absolutely need to play. We got a hell of a list with a lot of epic games in here. And of course, I can't do this alone, right? So as always, I have my co-host in here. I got Zach here in studio. Zach, how are you doing today? Are you ready to hit this list? We have 50 great games to talk about. Are you here for it? Are you ready for it? I mean, yeah, I'm ready for it. It's going to be a bunch of hot takes, but yeah, I'm ready for it. We're good to go. It's most definitely going to be a lot of hot takes. We got a mix of bangers. We got some underrated games in here. It's going to be overall a very interesting list. And then, you know, me and Zach, you know, we have a pretty good you know set of chemistry here, but we still can't do something like this by ourselves. Of course, we got to get some guests, right? I already mentioned last episode that, of course, John is back. You know, John, he's been here on multiple episodes, but we also have another guest, a guest that has been on here. You know, only for our DBA co- coach chats back in the day. He's never been on the actual show, but he is here for the first time ever. We have John in studio and we have Jared, our former tier four patron. Jared, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you. I'm uh, not bad. Can't complain. Fantastic. You know. John, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I don't necessarily agree though, that we got some hot takes on here. It seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, we will see how this goes. You know, like I said, Jared, of course, uh, former Tier 4 patron here for Sparky 3, uh, longtime friend of ours. We have not seen this guy in literally two years. He had he had moved to another state. So, Jared, it's phenomenal to see you again. I'm so glad that the first time we get to see you, we immediately get to have him on the show. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Jared has been mentioned on multiple occasions, especially with a, with a debate between him and I, which I'm sure will come up in this podcast involving The Legend of Zelda. So that's always going to be a fun time there. Uh, but very first, let me go ahead and hit this. Uh, uh, go follow us at Twitter at ALH Gamers Podcast. We'd greatly appreciate that. And you can also go follow my other podcast, Animan Plus, uh, at Animan Podcast on Twitter. And lastly, if you want to support us further, the Patreon is a great way to do so. We'd greatly appreciate that. But do not feel obligated. Just listen to the show is enough for us. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's keep it moving. Uh, make sure to all, also give us a like on this video on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3. Subscribe to the channel. Um, so with this, with this episode, of course, it is going to be this 50 games. That's it. We're not going to be breaking down the news as we normally do. Next week, we're going to get back into the normal routine, talk about all the latest and greatest that's going on in the gaming industry, uh, including doing a, kind of a recap of what's gone on this week. There are a couple things that's happened, like the EA Play Live, of course, where we got the, more information on Battlefield 2042. Dead Space. Dead Space is back we got the remake on the way i know zach is really pumped up about that we're going to talk about that and i'm also going to talk about um i'm going to talk about something that uh is kind of interesting about a canceled zelda game by retro that recently kind of popped out so i'm looking forward to breaking that down a little bit next week Uh, but there is one thing that i do want to go ahead and address right now very briefly and that is of course if, if you follow gaming news at all or just news in general i'm sure you have seen this with the activision blizzard lawsuit that is now underway uh i you know when it comes to this show being lighthearted, i really 
I really try to stay true to that. I want people to come into the show, have a mental vacation for an hour for us just making some jokes, talking about games, whatever. Uh, so when it comes to this, you know, I wanted to go ahead and quickly address it now. We're also going to continue to kind of address it next week. Just know that it is, uh, it is, it is very fucked up. I, de- I definitely recommend everyone to go read into the lawsuit themselves. There's a lot of things that uh, went down that should not go down. And I also want to stress, you know, I don't need people in the comments telling me, oh, well, that happens everywhere. I get that. I worked for a company that did stuff like that. I understand that. This has come to light. People need to be held accountable just like people need to be held accountable at Ubisoft that was popping out last year. Uh, it's just not right. Obviously, we are completely against that sort of stuff, and it just doesn't need to happen. Not, it doesn't need to happen in this space of video games where games are meant to be fun, relaxing, a vacation from things, and the shit that transpired with that is just unacceptable. Uh, I do, like I said, encourage everyone to go check that out, but do be warned that there is a lot of stuff within that lawsuit that is detailed that would be pretty common triggers for people so just be warned of there uh with that said let me go ahead and break down what we what you're going to get out of this list so first and foremost let me very much make this very clear this is not a ranking okay do not think that what we have you know at 40 at 43 is going to be better than at what we have at you know 27 you know this is not a ranking we do obviously have we got some bangers kind of on the lower end we have you know some underrated games on the lower end we also have some underrated games and like our top 10 that we want to talk about. This is not, you know, we have bangers in the top 10, you know, that you would expect to be there. So just want to make that clear. This is not a ranking. This is just our 50 games that you absolutely need to play. Um, I do want to know one thing. He says this isn't a ranking list, which is correct. You could count this as a passion list because as we go further yes. down this, we're going to get hotter about this. Yes, yes. <laughs> there are some towards the end of this that we are going to get a little bit more passionate about. Uh, we also have a list of honorable mentions that I will speed run through once we hit up, once we're about to hit the top 10. We will go through that very briefly. And uh, when it comes to this list as well, we do have handpicked a select few games that we will talk about for a couple, for a few minutes, and then the rest of them will maybe be like a minute or two and just keep it moving. We do have 50 games after all, so we just need to kind of keep the, uh, the show moving here uh with that said uh boys do you have anything you guys want to throw out there before we get kicked this off and get this list started we good how you guys feeling feeling good good i know i let off with that we didn't have any hot takes i might want to take that back pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no uh we'll see when it comes to 50 okay i was about to say i gave a warning ahead of time but yeah yeah Hey, Alex, what you got? All right, let's kick things off with number 50 on this list of games you absolutely need to play. I have We have put on here Cyberpunk 2077. So here's the reasoning why. Obviously, because of the massive controversy around this game, this game being broken as can be, it's actually pushed a lot of people to not even want to pick the game up. It's pushed a lot of people to get refunds on the game. You know, this game had so much hype for so many years with just a massive letdown of releasing a game that ultimately was not ready. But here's the bottom line. The game is consistently being fixed and repaired and it is a good game take out the problems the story itself the characters the world everything along those lines it is a fun game it is a fun world the only downside about this is if you've got a like a playstation 4 gen 1 or xbox one gen 1 stay away from this game and they recently re-added this game to the playstation store and they even gave the warning you want to play this on the ps4 pro or the PS5. You do not want to play on the PS4. And unfortunately, that is the case of this game, is this game will never actually be fully playable on the uh, on the original on the con- the original consoles. This game should have never came out on PS on PS4 and Xbox One. We acknowledge that, but I I still got to stand by my my case here that it is a fun game. It's a fun world, great characters, and for that I do think it does absolutely need to be played, even with all of the controversy. What about you boys? How are you guys feeling on it? I mean, I still find it funny where we had a crisis incident in friggin' 2020. That's still funny to me. That is true. That is true. 
What about what about you? What about the what about the couch? How are you guys feeling on this? I kind of agree with the fact that if you take all the problems that it had away from it, and like I've said before on the show, I didn't encounter any of them. I had a great time playing the game. And it's like taking problems and everything aside, it does deserve to be played. Yeah, taken out from what I said about um, just the crisis incident with it is it is a fun game. Me and John were some of the few that didn't run into problems with it. And it was a fun game overall. Felt nice. Flowed well. Story was good. Characters were entertaining. So overall, yeah, give it a shot. I definitely think it's worth a shot, and, you know, especially if you're aiming to pick up uh, next generation consoles. You know, the the PS5 and uh, Xbox Series version is set to come out later this year. So I definitely think it is worth a pick up for that alone. Uh, going over from there, number 49. Uh, and like I said, this is not a ranking list. Let me specify that. Uh, number 49 is uh, the... Shout po- your generation. Gen 4. Two. Two. One. Oh, oh, come on, that's man. A, that's a bitch answer. <laughs> that is. I don't care. I don't come care. On. It's Gen 1. How can you go wrong come with Gen on, 1? man. Number 49, of course, Pokemon, the mainline series. This is obviously, it's it's the number one grossing franchise in the world. That is not a, an opinion. That is a statistical fact. I mean, and that alone speaks for just what this franchise has done, what the games have done. Yeah, absolutely play the mainline series. Like, you know, try it out. You know, the, I mean, if I had my recommendations, if, you, if you're possibly interested in getting into competitive battling, play Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield is a yeah. competitive wonderland. If you're try, if you just want to kind of experience a great Pokemon game, I would say Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. That's a great experience for a casual player. Pokemon Platinum, another great experience for a casual player. And even Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, another great experience. Um, Audi, Audi, you know, I'll, to a, I would say kind of a hot take to some people. I know people that we know would be very against this, but I would even say hit pick up Gen 5, Black and White, and then go play Black and White 2. They're the only games that have it where it's sequel. Like, they are actual sequels yeah, of an a actual story. Sequel, yeah. I don't so, know where you're coming hot take from. Gen 5 is fantastic. Gen 5 is great. I, I agree, mean, but there's a lot of people that don't like it. The only hot take that I know about Gen 5 is just people think the new mons and that Gen designs are dumb, but the game itself is actually it's a Pokemon now, game. Now there is some stupid designs because there's there a literal pile of trash. Yeah. But that generation also has a lot of my favorite mons now. Like, I mean, they're not as bad as uh, they're not as bad as you might think they are. So, give Pokemon Mainline series a shot. I would say Gen One. Eh, that's eh. come on. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it did. It got us to where we are. I mean, it, it got right. us to where it, it we are. The only th- bad thing I say about Gen One is just all the initial. Uh, Pokemon designs of just how atrocious they were at the time. If you want to experience Gen 1, just play Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. You go to Kanto. We can call it good there. So just do that. All right, next up on number 44, we have a game called Enslaved Odyssey to the West. So Enslaved's a good one. It's a uh, post-apocalyptic adventure, a story take on the Journey to the West story where you play as uh, pretty much Sun Wukong going through this city. I mean, it's a very sleeper game. It was done by uh, Ninja Theory. Um, and I think Bondi, right? Yeah, and Bondi. Yep. Yeah, it was missed. A lot of people missed it. It's very has very good ratings. Its combat was good. Story was very well. The f- just initial flow of everything went real well. And I mean, if you really got into it and played on harder difficulty, it really challenged you. Okay. You know, you know, this is a game that I've personally never heard of. When he says it slipped past a lot of people, it definitely slipped past me. But I am a massive Journey to the West fan. This is something I may have to look into. I'm going to be completely honest. I know one game that I am immensely pumped up for is that Black Myth uh, uh, Sun Wukong game. Mm-hmm. I'm a, so pumped up for that. So that's one I may have to look into. Number 47 on our list, we have Stardew Valley. Now, Stardew Valley, if you're looking for a game that is just 
pure enjoyment on just about every level. There is no stress to be found in this game. It's like it, if you want to go, if you want to tend to your crops, clean up your clean up your uh, kind of farm area, you can do that. You want to go fishing for a few days, you can do that. It's like you can interact with the town folk every season. They've got uh, a couple, at least one, events that uh, take place in the like in the town that kind of break it up a little bit. And it's like it's just pure enjoyment. And as far as I'm aware, this is still somewhat uh, just patch updated for like fixes and stuff, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's usually a couple patches every few months, and then. Uh, he, the developer kind of went back and he started working on uh, more and more expansions for it, even though they're, they're minor content changes for the most part. I mean, the game doesn't need a whole lot. It's, no. a, it's a game built for relaxing and just having a good time. It's definitely a mental vacation of a game. Uh, like that, I know Animal Crossing is another one that people hold in high regard. Those are games where you can just turn on and just have just relax in the afternoon or something. That you know, that's that's always how these how these games have been described to me. Uh, number forty six on our list, we have the Spyro series. I mean, if you want to talk about a game that doesn't let you go on vacation, try the Spyro series. Spyro tries to go on vacation like twice and fails. This poor dude, and still yeah. finds enemies. I mean, it's a classic puzzle platformer yep. action adventure. Uh, it's fun. Level designs are fun. Characters are engaging. Just it's now easier to play with the Reignited trilogy. It's just a very fun series to go through and play, just for the story and the characters. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a game with the Reignited trilogy that will probably be a pretty, you know, probably a pretty good pickup around probably Black Friday. That's a game that you will usually go on sale pretty cheap. So take a look at it then. Uh, number 45, uh, we have Assassin's Creed, uh, but we do specify. We, we specify with Assassin's Creed 2 and Black Flag. And the reason why we say these two is because we sort of left out the other ones just because we were looking more at the original system of Assassin's Creed because our new open world ones are sort of, I feel like, sort of their own thing. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah. But... I personally say people should go and try out Black Flag just because it was the pinnacle of the older style Assassin's Creed. It just mm -hmm. the UIs were maximized, the mechanics and everything were fine-tuned to a point. They even got to the point where they got players to stop fast traveling by using sea shanties. So you actually traveled everywhere of your own volition. Yeah, and in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, it's such a notable uh, game in the in the franchise that it's basically spawned its own creation that we may never see. We'll see called Skull and Bones. Yeah, that was originally supposed to be used a DLC for it, and now it's been a, like a ten year development game that's been rebooted basically once a year. Yeah, just uh, about. You know, Black Flag is one that Assassin's Creed fans holds in high regard, as well as my personal pick, which is Assassin's Creed Two. I mean, this is you know the story for Assassin's Creed Two is one that I really do feel like everyone should enjoy it. I think it's a great story from beginning to end. I mean, the Ezio the trilogy itself is very good. Brotherhood's good. Revelations is good. But 2 stands above the rest. I mean, even to this day, Assassin's Creed 2 has one of the most shock endings for me as a gamer because I remember when the shock ending happened where you know Ezio is talking to this you know talking to this god and then instead of saying like you know directing to Ezio just kind of like looks at the screen and says it's up to you Desmond like I, that still shocked me as a kid like it's one of my personal favorite shocking endings out there Assassin's Creed 2 
absolutely need to check it out. Black Flag, absolutely need to check it out, 100%. See, the, my, my main thing I remember from Assassin's Creed 2, which I actually did this with Jared around, is I would go around uh, town. Yeah. I would find the biggest group of enemies I could, take, out, take them all out, and find the person who looked like they had the highest rank or the shiniest armor, and pick them up as a prize and carry them around town until I found a bigger, shinier opponent to beat and then claim them as my prize. The whole time you're playing is, I claim my prize. <laughs> I'm just carrying them through the streets and everyone's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Next up on our list, number 44, we have the GTA series. Okay, now GTA, it's it can't be ignored. It's obviously sure. one of the best fucking games ever. Didn't play the first and second one. I kind of did with the top down with yeah, like the yeah. first or second one. But three, Vice City, San Andreas, four, and GTA five. All great games. They have to be played. I mean, G- hell, GTA five's gone across three fucking generations yeah. of consoles yeah. now, yeah. which is insane. No, it's it's awesome. I I spent so much time on the online of five and with you on four. Because you'd be driving, and then all of a sudden you're swerving. And I'm like, hey, stop texting and driving. That is true. Oh, my God. But, no, it, it's a fantastic fucking game, man. It really is. I I can't say enough about it. That's it. It's just four, the freedom. Four is, four is my personal favorite. Yeah. Four was good, but five took everything about four and just made it better. I mean, here's the only thing about five. It took, like, six years in between the games. Yeah, but uh, for good reason. They did so much right. I... Cannot sing its praises enough. Hopefully, they continue yeah. to do that and make it just right with uh, GTA Six because now we're on like a like a ten year yeah. fucking cycle almost. Yeah. Almost, I'll, I'll yeah. be there. And if if you're looking for the true GTA game, it was the PSP GTA Vice City version <laughs> of the game. Is that like Chinatown Wars or something? No, that no. was a different one. That's a different okay. one. There, okay. were, there, there was, was Liberty City stories. There yeah, was I played Vice that City, one. Yep. and yeah. then Chinatown Wars. Yeah. I remember the Vice City on the on the PSP. I had that as well. Yeah, and I had Liberty City good. stories on PSP, but yeah. I didn't have any other ones. Yeah, so the, the Vice City the, one. The was PSP good. Vice City is where I've spent the majority of my time in GTA. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you on that. That is, that is a good one. Yeah. Uh, next up, number forty three, we have the Perfect Dark series. Now, when we say series, we specifically want to say sixty four. They yeah, try and true. forget zero. Um, but, I mean, if you have to, go play it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Perfect Dark Original on 64 is a lot better story. Though it does have its misconduct here and there because it's a 64 game. It is good. It's solid. Really gets you through the game. But the big thing is the AI multiplayer oh on there. Oh, my. The Just AI the, multiplayer is fantastic. There were, it's like Because they had the advanced AI multiplayer yep. or AI where you could... It was basically customized for specific roles where some of them might be way faster, take way more damage. You could load that up, 99 lives, put every bot in the game, and you'd play for two, three hours and not even notice. And if you God. really want to make it chaotic, you've turned on King of the Hill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so with the love of Perfect Dark and the uh, new one coming out, like what, I don't know, what would you want in the game? What can you not do without? Not zero. Not zero. That That's basically the fandom's <laughs> mindset is just, not zero. We'll, we'll be good. Just not zero, please. Damn it. 
<laughs> All right, so next up, number 42. We have a game called Until Dawn that was on the PS4. This is a big. This is a game that I'm a, a massive fan of. It's a, uh, a take on the horror genre, of course. And this is a game that, while the story itself is not that long, the story itself is something I definitely think people need to experience. It's very it's very captivating with the multiple aspects that is going on throughout the game. And the, the, the one thing that makes it so interesting is the amount of times that it can be replayed because of all the different butterfly effects that can, you know, take place during the game depending on what you do. Uh, I mean, this is a game where I've personally sat back and watched another friend play it. I've had friends sit back and watch me play because it really is like watching a movie almost. Like, you know, like, you know, no areas really feel too long except for like the insane asylum. I yeah. think that area felt kind of rough with Mike, but other than that, like nothing felt like overly long. Everything felt like a good link, just kind of hopping from, you know, group to group of, of, of our characters. And, you know, the other thing that's kind of interesting about the game is that, I mean, you can make it where everyone lives. Or you can make it where everyone dies based on your decision. I mean, each characters have their points to die throughout the game based on your decisions. They may either bite it or you can make them last all the way to the end. But depending on how important this, it makes it a lot harder to kill them. That is true. There are some that is pretty tough. That is that is true. Like, it's an actual challenge to get a few of them killed if you go that route. Yes, it is. And then there's, uh, I think it was uh, Jennifer, who d- can die at, like, ten different points in the game. Yes. Which that is, poor blonde bimbo. Yeah, which it is what it is, right? Uh, next up, number 41, we have the Metroid Prime Trilogy. I would definitely say this is something that is worth checking out. We have Metroid Prime 4 that will come out eventually sooner or later uh metroid prom you know trilogy it, i mean it kicked off the generation that we have now with metroid you know metroid you know being a, a, a an underrated beloved franchise on like the super nintendo and the, the nes and everything and metroid prime by retro studios really took it off in this first person 3d adventure and metroid prom is still you know it's still a game I've, i hold very close to my heart i mean it's a it's a it's a tough game i know like the end half of the game is pretty challenging uh and, you know just a phenomenal smooth gameplay metroid prom 2 echoes with the introduction of dark sam and even going over Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. You know, this is definitely a game I think people should check out. We have the trilogy that is on, on that is on the Wii. And, yeah, it may come to Switch. We've been seeing reports on this for like two fucking years. So, And the most recent report is it is done. They just have it in their back pocket, and they want to release it maybe next year uh, or the year after. They want to apparently want to release it leading up to the hype for Metroid Prime 4. Because this year, of course, is Metroid Dread. But I would definitely say Prime Trilogy is worth a pick up, whether if it's for the Wii or maybe for the wait for the Switch down the line. Because getting it for the GameCube, good luck. Have fun with that. Uh, number 40, we have uh, we have Monster Train. Okay, Monster Train. <laughs> I was actually a little surprised I got this on the list. <laughs> this is a roguelike uh, card battler where you're going through the different levels of and basically just trying to get to the end every Every few zones, you get a boss fight. It is probably the easiest r- game to get you into potentially even the roguelite genre and especially the card battler genre because it is very well refined and just a lot of fun. Yeah, and I've also played it, and this is a deck builder card battler where each playthrough is going to feel a little bit different just with how the heroes each have different ways they can be played. The decks themselves are have more or less random decision what you get. And then with one of the recent expansions they did where it added a whole second hero for each clan. So adds a whole much more playability. 
Next up, we have number 39. We have Star Wars Battlefront 2 and not the shitty one. We're talking, we're going old school on this one. We're, to, we're going back to the PlayStation 2 for this we're one. We're talking PlayStation 2, Xbox. Yep. You get a buddy and you get, get on opposite sides and try not to split screen kill each other. Or you go play Conquest and you have Revent, have a fight forever on Tatooine because neither of you can give it up, but each one of you keeps losing whenever the other one attacks. Yeah, as, as far as Battlefront 2 goes, like he said, it's very much sit down with a buddy, play against it, or you can sit down, play against AI if you want to. It is, it is some of the most entertaining, just like one v one games you can have, because no, it's like no matter what, both people are going to be having fun, especially if you're the one running around as the Jedi winning, and especially because two was what gave us heroes and villains. Yeah. And I will also say you should definitely go check this out so you can see exactly what you're missing out on with the Battlefront 2 that we got a few years ago. So I definitely want to go check this out. Number 38, we have the Final Fantasy series. Now, this is one where... Shout out to the display. Yes. Yep. Of 10, which is one of my personal favorites, but Final Fantasy is a RPG genre that I feel everyone should attempt to play a game of. At least one. At least one, because each one's a little different, and not all of them are for everybody, and any Final Fantasy fan's going to have their own pick of which one they feel like. But, like, take a glance through them, see which one seems interesting to you based on story, and give it a shot. These are very well-polished RPGs, every single one, and more than likely, if you like it, you'll grow attached to it in some form or fashion. Next up, we have uh, number thir- number thirty seven. This was what this was one of my picks. Maybe a hot take. Definitely a game that I feel like a lot of people probably had never heard of. Got kind of missed under the radar. And that game is called Fortune Street. This game was on the Wii. It is a mix of Monopoly and Mario Party, which that alone can tell you that it's going to end some friendships. Uh, this game is built up with the cast of Mario characters and Dragon Quest characters, uh, and you just go around the board. You buy you know you buy properties. You can build them up, upgrade them as you go on, and you're trying to just make the you know, whatever the goal amount is and get back to the bank. This game is just so much stupid fun to play with your friends. Uh, you know, it's 1,000% a game that you should pick up. I would prefer to play Fortune Street over a majority of Mario Party games, you know, another party type of game. I would prefer to play this over, like, Mario Karts. I'd prefer to play this over Smash. A lot of those general kind of party games like that, this is my one of my number one favorites. It It, it is a quick way to get people really heated. Me, uh, me and Nick have literally gone down the floor you know to the floor throwing punches over the end of the one of these games one of my favorite comments of all time was actually from nick's brother where he was in complete dead last i was so far ahead in first place and he had one property left and i was already in the clear to run i was just going to the bank and i was good i won and i land on his property it did nothing to me and it was going to cost so low to buy so i bought it out from him and he just looks over at me he's just like I've not only lost respect for you as a businessman, I've lost respect for you as a person. That's one of my favorite things from this game. This is one thing I think of Fortune Street is why it ends friendships probably harder than uh, Mario Party games because it involves money. It allows you to trade money between each other in the game. You learn allegiances and crosses. (laughs) 
Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you, you gotta you sometimes you gotta team up to bring someone down. And as probably Nick has mentioned on previous episodes of Lighthearted Gamers, there me and him have a history where I would uh, take him through the betrayal gardens after you know me and him would start an alliance. I would turn, I would stab him in the back before he would stab me in the back. Hey, we're all out here in the business trying to make the most money. Uh, coming up at number thirty six, we have Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, Wildlands is a very fun third-person shooter and co-op game. It's just the whole game itself just has so much to do in it with all the bounties and just side missions and whatnot, and then just the gunplay, the gadgets, all of it's super fun. Then if you can get one friend, or if you're real lucky, three friends together and just screw around this entire island doing all this stuff, you have so many moments with vehicles, gunplay, gadgets, uh taking out the leaders to the point where it's not necessary to take out all the leaders to finish the game, but most people usually go ahead and finish out everybody. Yeah. One other thing is about this game is it does have some pretty hardcore difficulty settings you can oh, play yeah. on as well. And I believe one of them is a, essentially a one life run. Yep. Which got added later. Yeah. Which, which got added and trying to get together, say you get together one or two people to try to, do the challenge with there's always going to be the one person if you're flying a, a helicopter in a plane anything that's going to think it's a great idea to land in the middle of the base <laughs> <laughs> and it's just you can have so many great moments in this game yes Next up, number 35, we have L.A. Noir. This is, uh, of course, a rock star game that uh, kind of went a little under the radar. You know, never got a, never got a sequel or anything and probably will never, never get a, another sequel after this. So, yeah, L.A. Noir. It was really freaking good at the time. I mean, you were going off the facial expressions and interrogations and everything. Yep. The whole finding clues and everything <laughs> like that. Doubt. I was about <laughs> right. to say, this game gave us the infamous X to doubt, yeah. which was never doubt. It was yell at your suspects. <laughs> yes, that is true. But it was such a great game. It was a great story. I know it, it was amazing. It really was. You absolutely need to check it out. Like, you know, the whole game beginning to end is absolutely incredible. But like the, the homicide cases are. Yes. Just peak. Like yeah. that is just absolutely. Yeah, just I remember incredible. it being really upsetting going from homicide to vice. And it's yes. like, no, can I, to fucking can, I, homicide. Yeah, can I stay in homicide, please? <laughs> that was that was fantastic. This is a game that I really wish that uh, Rockstar could get a sequel out for, but it yeah. probably will never happen. But if it does. That'd be that'd be a great day. Next up, number thirty-four, we have Detroit Become Human. Uh, this is another like kind of like Until Dawn, a very story-driven game uh, that focuses on three different characters. You know, just trying to kind of each make their own pass. You know, this game being heavily focused on androids, all three of which that you play. You know, one of which is trying to basically be you know like the one trying to keep the androids in line. We and then we have two that have broken out of their coding and trying to be think for themselves and and be humans essentially and live lives like humans and not just like slaves to the slaves to humans and man um this game with it with it being so heavily focused story driven trans you know hopping back and forth between uh connor marcus drawing a blank on the other one's name uh hopping between the three of them and just the multiple branches of possibilities that you can go through based on all of your decisions throughout the game i mean hell connor can die like nine times throughout yeah. this game and you know he's you know he's you know it's literally a trophy back. if you manage to kill him all the times possible yeah. and each time he just you know if you manage to just kill him every single time like he loses 
that he he just stays at the same emotionless point where you can't really develop emotions out of him where he could potentially break out of his coding at the end of the game. I mean, like there there's there's so many different storylines. Like once you finish in uh, a story arc or whatever, once you like it will show you. Okay, you went boom 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 boom. You went this way, and there's still it'll show you like oh you could have gone this way, you could have gone that way of all the different branching story paths. It's a thousand percent a game you need to check out. It's on Steam. It's on PS4. Uh, 1,000% check out this game. Uh, next up, we have at number 33, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Oh, my God. Okay, on the PS1 as a kid playing Tony Hawk, it was it was awesome. I really... I think the graffiti mode where you're, like, constantly doing tricks on certain ramps and stuff and trying to get points, and then your friend has to do bigger tricks on the same thing to get those points from you. I don't know. It was... It was such a cool game to play the Pro Skater 1 and 2, and then Underground is okay, but I don't know. Now, would you say people need to go check out the old ones, or are they fine to check out the remakes? Well, now, I haven't played the remastered, but I would love to check those out because they look fucking amazing. If it's anywhere near, like, the original, if they've kept it They've been received really well. Okay, if it's, like, completely original, just updated graphics, then definitely check it out. Okay. It's just loads of fun. So remaster is probably going to be the way to go. I have seen they've been received really I was about well. to say, okay. I would go remaster because, yeah, everything I've seen as well, it's well received, and people think it was a very good uh, remastering rendition of the games. Awesome. Next up at number 32, we have Sleeping Dogs. So Sleeping Dogs was another sort of hidden game that a lot of people miss, but it's been remastered a couple times. It's actually the successor to the true crime games uh, back way on the PS2 because its original name was supposed to be True Crimes Hong Kong. Um but it's just a good uh, drama adventure game running around town following the story of this undercover cop getting in the Chinese mafia. Very fun combat system and hand-to-hand combat. Gunplay is pretty good. There's a lot, a lot of fun little activities in between, but overall solid game. Number 31, we have the Bioshock series. I know this is one of Zach's favorites. Now, Bioshock, if you haven't heard of Bioshock... You've obviously never played an action adventure, even looked in that <laughs> genre. Because Bioshock has spanned three games and really helped bring along that um, action adventure when it was sort of at a low point, I feel like, at the time when the original Bioshock came in and really gave the uh, gun in one hand ability in the other. <laughs> and the infamous wrench going along with uh, Half-Life's crowbar. Um, story is great. The infamous uh, would-you-kindly line at towards the end of the game of the first one was such an amazing twist that was completely unexpected. Uh, the whole choice of whether you save little sisters or extract Adam form. And fun fact with Bioshock, I almost didn't play it because I had actually just finished a playthrough of the original fear, which oh. the original fear was built solely just to scare the shit out of people. Yeah. And the first thing in Bioshock 1 is you get to this light tower and you go through a door and it's just pitch black with this one little light on the stairs and I went, fuck that, turned off the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back a couple days later and finally went down and the lights popped and I was like, oh, thank God. Fear it scarred me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally understandable. Uh, next up at number 30, we have another game that is just an absolute blast to play with your friends and that is Super Mario Sluggers. Super Mario Sluggers is... an Another kind of party game with the Mario characters and that. It's a baseball variation. And I can say with some confidence that I don't know if I've ever had more fun playing a game than I have playing Super Mario Sluggers. 
this game is everything that I I wanted. It's right. it's just fun. It's like you can assemble your your team. Have from, a draft with yeah, you and a buddy. Like you can draft your team kind of however you want to. Play it against your friends. It is just fun. I know you're like a baseball fan. Do you think like even people that aren't baseball fans can get it into? Oh, one hundred percent. Okay, I cannot stand baseball. I'm a bi- I'm a sports guy. Yeah. I'm a sports stooge. But man, baseball sucks. Absolutely sucks. I do not like it. But that game is a ton of fun. Awesome. How do you feel about ultimate frisbee? Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Super Mario Sluggers is just a great game to play with friends. Just you and a buddy take turns drafting your team you can build around synergy i mean if you just want to go with all your favorite mario characters you may not have a lot of synergy do buddy jumps and stuff but or you know you can build a team completely just synergize together and it is really just a fun time to play with friends number 29 we have bully this is another game by rockstar of course and when it comes like you know like uh, some of these rockstar games that kind of uh, got overshadowed because of like red dead redemption and just of course gta you know that never got sequels you know this is another one this is one that i i think out of all of the one-off rockstar games that that's out there this one has the biggest strongest fandom i would probably guess People clamor for a new one of these every single year. There's rumors for it all the time. This game taking place, of course, you know, you're a, a kid at a boarding school. You get to, you know, go around the town. You know, you have to, if you're late for your classes, you may get, you know, they're, you're, they're going to be watching for you and they're going to try to throw you in your classes. Actually, you need to go to your classes. You know, you're, you're trying to basically take out all the actual bullies at the school and basically just kind of run the school where it's kind of a, a fun time for everyone instead of all these dickheads. You have the dickhead jocks. You have the outsiders. You go through faction by faction, just kind of taking them out. This is a game by Rockstar that I, I definitely think people should pick up. There's the scholarship edition that came out on the 360 and the PS3, and I definitely think it's worth a look, 1,000%. It's a fun game, really fun game by Rockstar star uh speaking of rockstar we got another one we're about to talk about this is another game that uh probably kind of got overshadowed kind of got uh, a little left in the dust a bit and maybe not a lot of people have even heard of um and that is uh number 28 we have the warriors yeah talking about rockstar missed games this one was completely missed i mean this game was a tie-in with the warriors film and it's actually a very fun game. How I sort of describe it, it's an open-world beat-em-up almost. Because it's just a beat-em-up game where you're playing as the Warriors. And you just go through events leading up to the film's events. And actually going through the film events. But you also get so much backstories about each of the uh, gang's members. Stuff that happens beforehand. Different areas you get to go around. Just run around. Freaking vandalize shops. Get uh, More or less just be a gang graffiti stuff, vandalize shops, get store clerks to pay you, go fight other people on the street, get arrested. <laughs> and the one of the best features about it at this game that I've solely was missed throughout the rest of that time at PS2 era was if you did play co-op, if you were on the same screen, it locked screen for you. But as soon as you needed to run or need to do two different separate tasks, you could separate and it would split screen. And it was such a great feature that I'm super sad at the time no other game during the PS2 and Xbox era, actually use that. Next up at number 27, we have Fable 2. Obviously, Fable is a very beloved franchise, but Fable 2 stands above the rest. Okay, who here became a millionaire? Oh, hey. I'm sure all of us did at one point. <laughs> had, had to the be amount of times I've played that game, I, I, it's... It might, it's one of the games that's just timeless. You can play it over it and is, over again. It is. And the story, the characters, everything about it is just 
freaking amazing. Like three is good because you got to like mix mm-hmm. two different spells in your hands, but I think two is just a little bit better. Two stands above the rest. Yeah, it really it does. does. I mean, we three was okay, but we try and forget the second half of three. Yeah, Fair. yeah, yeah. Uh, Logan. Speaking of who was the millionaire, who also had like side by side houses with two different wives. I remember <laughs> making the mistake so. of thinking if they were across town, it was okay. Jesus Christ. I, for some reason, I knew that was going to be everybody. Yeah, and of course, you know, last year at the Xbox uh, Series uh, presentation, they did end off the show teasing a new Fable is on the way. Uh, I would definitely say to get ready for that, to, you know, if you've never played Fable, Fable 2 is where you're going to want to play. Pick that up, try it out, maybe get you hyped for the new one to come. Number 26, we have Dead by Daylight. Now, Dead by Daylight is a game which I don't, which I feel everyone should experience, just because uh, of just the atmosphere in the situation it brings you in. I don't care if you stop playing the game after one match, but it's such a quick way to get in and see how games can draw you in to the atmosphere of just that aesthetic of the game, just the different sounds they use, or the heartbeats, the music, and just even like the lighting of things like that. Like, the first time most people play Dead by Light, they are legitimately slightly afraid. <laughs> slightly <laughs> an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. First time I played Dead by Daylight was also the last time, and I spent, <laughs> I spent the majority of the time trying to hide as far away from anything that moved. I will never forget the first time I was introduced to this game is whenever I was living with a, uh, a friend of ours, an, another Zach, actually, um, and he picked it up. And I, I literally sat down and watched this guy play this game for probably like two hours because of what Zach is saying about the experience. You know, I agree. While it may not be for everyone and you'll probably play it once and never pick it up again like John, it is definitely an experience. That I, I do agree with Zach. Everyone should probably pick up because, I mean, just watching Z- our other friend Zach play it for the hours that I did, him just being terrified, screaming, just full of anxiety-driven type of situations. I mean, I definitely think it's a game that people should check out. And if you're a fan of the horror, if you if you're a fan of like horror movies and just the horror genre, oh, this is right up your alley. You, you yeah, play there, this. There's game. so many killers that you'll yeah, a lot, you'll find something. Yeah, they've added a lot of like you know your slashers into the game over time, like Michael Myers, Jason, yep. etc. So pick up this game, hundred uh, percent. Number twenty five, we have Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. This is a phenomenal game. This game. I'm so sad that more people haven't played this game. I fucking agree. It's like the story in it is the story's pretty good. It's it's solid, it's, yeah. it's a kind of a generic story, but done in a good way. Uh, it's a turn-based uh, combat style, and it's it's the kind of catch them all yep. trope where it's like you go around uh, catching the uh, you have as you battle them, you get more research points towards them. And then when you have enough, you can hatch your own. And then it's basically, it, there's a fun little mini game that you end up going through when you're trying to do all your leveling up where you're trying to find the stat combinations to get all of the ones that you don't have unlocked yet. Because it's like there's the, they also have like in their little hub in the it, hub in the game world, there's a essentially like a farm where you can just put some in there, let them, let them passively level up and gain their experience. And in some cases, you need to to get specific uh, evolutions. Yep. But the game itself is fantastic. The It's like gameplay-wise, turn-based game, but in a really fun way. But 
And I know I know you've played it as well, Alex. Yeah, there uh, there's two versions. There's the original, and then there's uh, the the sequel, Hacker's Memory. So the one thing that's kind of interesting about Hacker's Memory is that uh, you know this story is taking place at the exact same time as the first story. You're just focusing on a different set of characters. Uh, both games are phenomenal. The story in one I do think is better than Hacker's Memory. That's my opinion. But Hacker's Memory, what makes it so great is just the, God the sheer amount more of Digimon that's added, including some from the fourth season, Digimon Frontier. Mm-hmm. I got a, got a couple of those. I'm a big fan of that series. So, you know, the fact that we could get Emperor Greymon, I think the other one was Magna Garuamon, I believe, and they can do their fusion together. That's super dope. Uh, the first game has a whole thing with, like, the, uh, like, was well, I don't remember what their name was. Whatever the 10, like, the evil Digimon were, what was their actual name? I don't remember. I know there was a whole storyline. Yeah, it's that's kind of... Because that was kind of a post game. Yeah, that was a post game. It like, has a lot of post game. Yeah, it's like when you beat the main story, that's not necessarily the end of the game. At yeah. that point, you basically just unlock all of the hard missions to try to go and complete. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 which are very challenging. So I think there were seven of them. I think they were all, I think they are each based off of Sin, of course. And uh, and then, you know, you can assemble the Royal Knights, which is a legendary set of uh, Digimon in, in, within the Digimon universe. Great games. They have been ported over to, like, let's say the Switch, for example, in a duo combo. If you got a Switch, which obviously we see the sales numbers, a lot of people do, pick it up. 100% a great game. Number 24, we have Donkey Kong 64. Uh, this is now Donkey Kong, you know, it's, it's, it's known for its, you know, you know, 2d, you know, 2d, 3d style now at this point. And that, that's what it is today. That's what it started up with Donkey Kong country. That's what made its, its fame. But Donkey Kong 64 made by rare is a take on a 3d adventure, similar to super Mario 64 legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. Donkey Kong 64 is a game that I definitely think everyone should check out, especially if you're a Donkey Kong fan and you never have. So you can kind of experience what we're, we might be missing out on now. I will say this, but this goes for a lot of games that generation. Fuck the water levels. Everything else is great, though. You get introduced to a couple new characters like Lanky Kong, mm-hmm. who has come back a couple times. Chunky Kong, Chunky. of course, which Rip Chunky, he got left behind. He's been in yep. that game and never come back up. But you play as five different of the Kongs, man. This is a game that I 1,000% people you know need to check out. And maybe one day I'll get ported up. Probably not. Rare, no. Rare and Nintendo, even though Rare is owned by Microsoft, Rare and Nintendo, they're, they're on good terms. Microsoft and Nintendo's on very good terms, so... Who knows? Maybe we might get that uh, Nintendo-specified Rare Replay that may include it. We'll see. Number 23. All right, so if you're a fan of Paper Mario, if you're a fan of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, those are phenomenal RPG games in the Mario universe, but let's let's turn back the clock a little bit. Let's go back in time. Let's talk about Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. This really kicked off RPG for the Mario franchise and a game that I 1,000% people need to recommend. This is a game that's really held up by the community to this day. People have clamored for Geno to be added for Smash <laughs> since like Melee. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long. This is a game that you can play on the uh, Super NES Classic, which might be a little tough to pick up, but hey, you got an alternate plan maybe. I mean, the aren't run don't run that high pick up a wii u if you know if you got your wii u in the closet pull it out dust off you can buy at the virtual shop for eight bucks great game you know playing through this game you get introduced to a couple new characters uh malo and gino of course gino has been held is a little puppet that's been held in such high regard that everyone has wanted for smash it's gotten its skin for smash unfortunately we'll probably never get the character in this game you also get to team up with bowser and even peach comes in and you know of course it being a turn-based rpg just a phenomenal game on the super nintendo probably my favorite super nintendo game out there and that's why i had to put it on the list 1000 percent uh zach this is a game that you also played yes you know, yeah, what, what no, are your thoughts i played it. i mean it was a very enjoyable experience i mean 
I feel like I could have enjoyed it a bit more now because at the time when I played it, I was an eight-year-old child trying to figure out what the heck an RPG was. Totally but I mean, fair. But I mean, at the time, I enjoyed it. It was nice and flashy. Yeah, and I've gone back since, and I have played it over the past few years once I got the Super NES Classic. And, you know, another thing I want to throw, the last little tip before we move on, if you're a fan of, like, you know, you know Final Fantasy, I definitely say check this out because this is made by Square after all. Yes, you know, it is. You know, and they did a phenomenal job with this game, 1,000%. Number 22, we have left the Left for Dead series. Now, this is a franchise which it's super old now, but it's still got a thriving community on oh, PC yeah. and console. And it was one of the games that sort of led into the multiplayer area era and really pushed shooter multiplayer, at least cooperatively and even slightly versus with the four V four versus. And, um, like it just dominated the zombie genre in general. Gunplay was good. The level design was amazing. The special infected were fun to both fight and play as versus mode was great. Of just overall, it was a very fun game and people took challenge to try and, Beat all the campaigns on expert, which was atrocious at times. <laughs> hey, but now you're gonna be get your spiritual successor with Back for Blood coming out this year. So if you're a Left for Dead fan, make sure to definitely look out for that one. Uh, going on to number twenty one. All right, so you know, obviously at number forty nine, we threw in the Pokemon Mainline series, huge series. It's like, why is it so low? Well, we wanted to kind of throw a curveball here with number twenty one, and that is Pokemon Conquest. This is a game I would definitely say got overlooked by a lot of people on the DS. Well, let me put it like this: if you like Fire Emblem. If you like Pokemon, you need to play this game because that's essentially what this is. This is a great game that a lot of people overlooked, you know, of the Fire Emblem style of game. And, man, it might be a little tough to find now, DS games, you know, that the prices are rising over time. But if you can somehow get a hold of this, I would definitely give this a shot. And once again, like I said, if you're a Fire Emblem fan, if you like Pokemon, this is a game that you need to play. This is a game that I really wish could have gotten a sequel, but alas, here we are. But I would definitely say this is something that 100% got overlooked and definitely needs everyone's attention if you're a Pokemon fan. Number 20, we have Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay, Dragon Quest Eleven is a fantastic game, and it is, if you've always been interested or even looked at the Dragon Quest series and weren't sure where to jump in at, this is a perfect point to do it because it's I mean honestly it's a relatively simple game stories not it's like it's not a very deep story but it's told good I mean it's got likable characters I it's like I enjoyed every part of it uh, the world's fun to walk around in and uh, the post game content is pretty entertaining as well it's like there's kind of multiple multiple directions you can go with it depending on uh, when you jump into certain events. It's like you can definitely miss aspects of it uh, that can make you want to go back and play it again. And it's it was my starting point with Dragon Quest, and I'm glad that I finally actually jumped in on it, and I think everyone should try. Yeah, I'm in agreement with John. If you haven't uh, touched on the Dragon Quest, this is very much a good one because compared to some of the other ones, the beginning part is actually very much more streamlined to really get you into it and then the game slowly expands adding more content and things like that to let you freely roam around but let you get into it first and then let you just wander about going i can do this i can do this oh god why is that there yeah it's it's a very <laughs> fun point when you're walking around the world and you can you'll see things and look at it and go oh okay okay i don't need to mess with that right now mm -hmm. or 
and in instances like that, or you'll walk by an area and see something, and then later in the game walk by it, and that thing is no longer there, and now now you're looking around going, when is it coming for me? <laughs> coming in at number 19, we have the Gears of War trilogy. Now, Gears of War, that is definitely a series most people should give a shot, specifically the original three. Four and five have their own merits and whatnot, yep. but... And Judgment. Yeah. yeah. Well, we try and forget Judgment. I know. Um, Multiplayer is fun. Yeah. But the, like, Canon 3 games, those were very much sort of helped. Uh, the first one especially helped revolutionize sort of third-person shooters, uh, combat, gunplay, and things like that, and um, was also part of the leading games in the multiplayer era that was 360 and PS3. Um and just a very good story overall. Franchise is still alive now, has tons of fans. But if you ever want to try, give Gears series a shot for shooters. Shout out to Dom. Number 18, we have Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, I will say I've dabbled in Fire Emblem before. This was really my first real introduction, really diving into Fire Emblem. You know, I've tried a couple of, like the DS ones before, like Awakening was one that I tried. And the one that came out uh, after Awakening that I think that was the one that had... Um, I can't remember the yeah, I can't remember the character's name. Um, Corin, I think, I think was the pro tag. But Fire Emblem Three Houses was the one that I really jumped into, and the amount of hours that I've dumped into this game, the amount of hours that John's dumped into this game, it is ridiculous. Where it's like it's a mix, you know, you get like some Harry Potter vibes to it because of the different like houses that you can choose that that that's in the game. You get to choose which house you want to be, which has an entire you know cast of characters that are you know really kind of pulls you in. You know, some phenomenal characters, and you know when it comes to this, like depending on the house that you take will end up, you know, taking a different storyline in the second part of the game, which is one thing that makes it really replayable is that because there is there's four different storylines throughout this game. I say four because based on some decisions, you can unlock another secret path. You know, John, you know, that you've uh, also played a decent amount of hours into this game. You know, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, first off, I've never heard the Harry Potter analogy in this Same. before. I Just d- because of the different houses. I had never heard that. I, I like I mean, houses. Even, you're out of school. Even you know. for the different houses in school, I still wouldn't go Harry Potter. That's literally how it was described to me and how I understood it when when we got the the E3 presentation. Okay, so like this, this I'm not the first to say oh, this. Oh, no, I just, I, had, I hadn't heard it. I, <laughs> okay. I, I'm not the first, I promise. That one just caught me off guard a bit. But you're like, a teacher, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, this, this game is, especially if you're interested in Fire Emblem, this is a great starting point because yes. it's it's uh, fairly simplified. It, the game kind of explains what it's doing to you. It does a good job of teaching you. And uh, it's like one of, the, one of the great things about it is it's like if you're doing, if you play it and you're doing your multiple playthroughs and that, but you liked certain characters from your other house, you can go ahead and befriend them and bring them on over and, yep. and just be able to take them into, into battle anytime you want to as well. But it's it's a fantastic game. Yeah, and in terms of like befriending them, kind of bringing them over, I will say, you know, Fire Emblem Three Houses is one of the best like new game pluses out there, because that you know you know if you do the new game plus with your first like completed playthrough, and you can keep bringing over new game plus every single time playthrough after playthrough, it also makes it easier for you to kind of get you know maybe some other members from another house over to yours, you know. So that is something you know new, the new game plus is a great feature on that game. Golden deer, for, golden deer for life. Fear the deer. Uh, number seventeen, we have the Borderlands series. Now, Borderlands is the looter shooter. If there's some better looter shooter than Borderlands, I don't believe you. Because <laughs> Borderlands is, on top of it, one of the pinnacle that most people would say it was probably going to be Borderlands 2 just because 
it was pretty much came out right after Borderlands a couple years later and uh, it's still emphasized yeah, it's everything still that held. everyone loved. It's still loved. held as that pinnacle yeah. of Borderlands. Even in just fun gameplay, fun gunplay, fun abilities, characters are entertaining, the NPCs are enjoyable to interact with, and just if you can go co-op and get some buddies, that's going to be some carnage and mayhem all day, all along. Number 16, a personal favorite for John especially. We have Life is Strange, a.k.a. Date Night. Date Night. Okay, <laughs> Life Life is Strange is a beautiful story to be told as you're kind of just experiencing it and going through it. It, it kind of came out during the whole Telltale game craze, but it's the one that's still standing to this day because of how well it was done. And it's like the idea of being able to kind of rewind time, make, figure out what decision was wrong, is uh, really interesting because it can lead to slightly different story variations than uh, some that other people might have played. Because I know when I was playing the game, I was playing it with a friend of ours, Zach, uh, that Alex mentioned before. We would, it's like we would play the game at the same time. And by the time we got to the end of it, our stories were fairly different based off of the decisions we made. But it is, it uh, is a great story that needs to be experienced. Uh, yeah, I played the first uh, season or whatever, the first episode. Or the first season. There's several episodes in the season. Yeah. But I played throughout the first season. And I'm not one for, like, dramas or anything like that. But I was, like, it, getting so invested it, in the it, story it, and the characters. You may not be someone who thinks you want the drama storytelling in that. Yeah, but yeah. the game pulls you into it and makes you want to experience it more and more. Yeah, definitely. and the storytelling of Life is Streaming is very good. One is great. Two, I know a lot of people don't talk about as much, but it's also very, you know, done. And then now we have three coming up, so... Yeah, and honestly, this would be a perfect time to try out Life is Strange because with, uh, I think it's called True Colors, correct? Yes. With that coming out, we do have the Life is Strange remaster that is going to be coming out to like Switch and other consoles probably, I think, like like two months. So this is a great time to check out Life is Strange. Number 15, uh, maybe you've recently played uh, Hades. You really enjoyed that. Maybe you're a Diablo fan. Well, here's another game for you that you need to check out. We have Path of Exile at number 15. Okay, Path of Exile is... It's an ARPG-style uh, game, similar to, like you said, Diablo and that, but the fan, it's like a lot of the fans of Diablo 2 and that have migrated over to Path of Exile over the years. It has grown massively in the past couple years. It is, like, if you've ever wanted to just feel incredibly powerful and all you want to do is run around big open zones or kind of corridors in that and slay monsters constantly, this is a game for you. Although I will say it is a very intimidating game from the outside. The skill tree alone, if you haven't played the game, there's a decent chance you've seen a screenshot of the skill tree because it is the game is known mm -hmm. for how massive and complex it can be. But it doesn't have to be real complex. You can go into it and you can just kind of uh, feel your way around, find something to do, find some skills that look interesting. And if you really want to get into it, you can. It's like there's 
additional community uh, applications to help you create your builds and go through all the items and everything. And it is just fun. And if it's like if it sounds like something you might pl- want to play, or if you haven't heard of it and want to give it a try, it's a great opportunity because just on Friday, uh, they came out with their new league, which is a three-month kind of dedicated realm, essentially, that will, when it ends, will get merged back with the, the standard version of the game. But it adds a little bit extra to it as well. Number 14, we have Ghost of Tsushima. This is a game made uh, that, that just came out last year. It was contention for Game of the Year. In my mind, it was Game of the Year. Fuck The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is 100% a game people need to experience. If this game would have been a one-off with how it ended, with how the story went, I would have been f- happy with that because of just how well the story was done from beginning to end following uh, Jin Sakai and trying to retake the Tsushima uh, island from the uh, from the Mongols. Um, and, you know, thankfully, we have the director's cut coming out here pretty soon uh, that also includes an expansion there's other talks for an, another Ghost of Shima coming out in the future as well this is a game especially if you're into like some old school Japanese type of like samurais and things along the, in that nature you need to play this game the story is so great I never thought I would cross so much over one particular thing that happened in this game but you know god damn this game really pulls at your heartstrings through the couple moments it it is a great game you need to check it out number 13 we have the tales of series so tales of series is another jrpg that and it's got a long line of games now and sort of similar to final fantasy is you can find one that you're going to enjoy and each one of them has a very entertaining cast of characters. Each one has its own take of a story. Like one of our most recent ones was a vengeance story. One was about um, hope and gaining back lost uh, lands and things like that. And then we have, um, I forget which one's coming out next. but Tales of Arise is coming out in September, I believe. Yep. Yes. So that one's coming out, and that's going to be another enjoyable story. But overall, so all of them have very good uh Gaming mechanics, most of them are now action RPGs more than traditional RPGs nowadays. Stories are always very solid. Characters are very entertaining. And just overall good RPG experience. It has a lot of in-game content, too. Coming at number 12, we have the Yakuza series. So Yakuza is my current best modern beat-em-up games. It's a very... Stories are sort of very serious gangster dramas, Japanese gangster dramas... But the game doesn't take itself very seriously. With all the random mini games and side stories scattered throughout every single game and just the ridiculousness. Like the remaster of the first one, Kiwami. Literally one of the main mini games is a guy literally just shows up at random points in town as a police officer in garbage cans, as a construction worker. He just finds you and goes, We're gonna fight <laughs> <laughs> And just very overall good series, good beat 'em up game, uh con- Trolls are solid. Stories are always very entertaining and everything. And just all the side stories in mini games are really bring you in and just let you know that, yeah, we can be serious, but yeah, it's a game. 
Coming in at number 11, we have the Elder Scrolls series. You know, of course, Skyrim, legendary game that, like GTA 5, has gone over, like, multiple generations of consoles now. Never played. I'm, like, one of five. Yeah, he's, like, one of five. <laughs> Just like I'm one of, like, five people on the planet that doesn't have Netflix. Um, you know, Oblivion, phenomenal. Morrowind, phenomenal. And if you're a fan of, uh, you know, MMOs, I, at this point in time, I would even say check out Elder Scrolls Online because they have consistently just made it better and better. You know, uh, what, what do you guys think about Elder Scrolls because this is a series that I definitely think people needed to check out at least one. Okay, Zach, I, I'm going <laughs> to hold a fucking gun to your head so you play Skyrim. I don't know how the fuck you, you haven't played shoot it. me. Okay, oh I will. Oh, that's aggressive. <laughs> like, okay, now I'll give you the fact that I never played Morrowind for more than five minutes because I started on Oblivion. I didn't play Morrowind when it came Too out. Too much of a downgrade. I can't. It's like this mental block where you can't go back that far. I just can't fucking do it. This is the graphics. No, I can't do it. No. I mean, if you can't do that, you should see what the first ones look like. <laughs> I have no doubt I can't <laughs> do that either. But no, Skyrim it was so fucking amazing. I can't say how many characters I've made, how many hours I've played. I don't know. I, The whole 10 years it's been out, I've played it constantly. I will say, I, but out of all the Elder Scrolls games, the two that I'd say is Skyrim and Oblivion you need to check out. Uh, Skyrim, overall, all, you know, the thing about these games is that you have so many different, like, storylines that you can follow. You have the main storyline. You'll have, like, the Dark Brotherhood, the Thieves Guild, Fighters Guild, Mages Guild, and then whatever else is kind of going on within the world. Uh, I will say, in terms of Skyrim, all those storylines uh, are all better than Oblivion. I think the only one that Oblivion does better is probably, like, the Mages Guild. Mages Guild in Skyrim was kind of weak. Uh, Dark Brotherhood, though, great. Thieves Guild, great. Fighters Guild, which uh, what what was their name in Skyrim? I don't remember. Champions or whatever, I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was it. No, the Fighters Guild. Yeah, they were called something else in Skyrim. I don't remember what, though. Oh, in Skyrim, it was uh, Companions? Companions, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, Skyrim it has a lot of stuff going for it with its beautiful world, so much to explore and stuff. I also say check out Oblivion as well because it has a phenomenal main story. While all of the other side stories I don't think are as power as strong as Skyrim, I will say the main story of Oblivion is great, and the, 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 the DLCs of Oblivion is top tier shivering isles knights of the nine i would rather play those over the dlcs in skyrim any day okay now you said mages guild for oblivion yeah no yeah no yeah the, the having to get the recommendations and then finally having to go to uh cyrodiil like the city and All actually right, look, get the, call, the, the college tower. is like literally like three missions and you're done and it's not even that great it's yeah right. it, it's like in in skyrim it's 20 minutes and you're done yeah it's, it's like it's, 20 okay, minutes okay, and you're I'll the give you that, but it just annoyed me okay. trying to get the recommendations and then finally actually getting into the mages guild but i mean and I, here i am the most uh, elder scrolls games i have the most hours in is elder scroll legends deck building guys jesus christ okay <laughs> all right so let's hit our honorable mentions here <laughs> <laughs> to run the cameras <laughs> Uh, all right, so the honorable mention. Let's run through these. We'll give a brief thought if we've got anything on it. So, honorable mention: we got Super Smash Brothers, we have Valheim, Age of Empires series, Civilization, Middle Earth, Shadow of War, and Shadow of Mordor, Fallout series, Payday Two, Mega Man Battle Network series, Star Fox Adventure, Soul Calibur Two and Three, Super Mario Sunshine, Ratchet Deadlocked, Horizon Zero Dawn, and these next ones. These are very more niche ones. That's why they are honorable mentions. You got to be a fan of these anime games or a sports game. Naruto Storm Two. 
Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi 2 and 3, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 1 and 2, and NFL Head Coach 09, uh, X-Men Origins, uh, Wolverine, Dragon Age series, and the Fantasy Star series. Those are the ones that we picked out that just didn't quite make the cut for one reason or the other. Boys, do you have anything that you want to kind of throw out there involving any of these games? No. Nope. Okay. Now, <laughs> you did you did Fallout dirty because Fallout oh, 3 it's, it's and okay. New Vegas... Fallout 3 in New Vegas is fucking awesome. The whole uh, post-nuclear war atmosphere in it is just really cool. The designs of so many different enemies, everything about it. Now, 4 is like, yeah, I couldn't get into it, but 3 in New Vegas, yeah. Yeah, I feel like someone could live without playing those. Uh, that's that's my take on it. Too. I haven't they're, played them. They're fun. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> John's, John's life's pretty fine. Uh, God but, damn it. Yeah, but anyway, let's, let's get it started. We're here in the top 10. All right, number 10. The Legend of Zelda series. Um, this is one of my favorite franchises in the world. Uh, it's a lot of people's favorite. This is a series that's gone on for so long now, and in just one game after the other, th- there is really no bad games. There are new, there are so many titles within this franchise that I, I'd say you have to play first and foremost. And and I'm a, hey, let's address it. Let's let's go ahead and air this out right now. Do you got a button ready? What button? Which one? <laughs> I don't know. I just assumed you'd have a button ready I do for not, this. I don't have a button ready. I probably should have. That's on me. You guys know how great of a host I am for this fucking show. Um, so, for the longest time, wait, it's... Wait, real quick. Before, before you get into the argument, favorite game. Lead with that, and then get into it. My favorite game, the best Zelda game in the entire franchise is the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. It's okay to be wrong, but to be yeah, so to but to be so gun-ho about being wrong. Rules. Like no, Breath of the Wild is so fucking fun to play. Now, the things I'll give you is like the story is a little weak. The final thing with Ganon and you're on okay. A little. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the final thing where like Ganon and you're on the back of a horse and it's all just really quick and like seemed like it was rushed and like streamlined rushed, and shit like that. Rushed. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> Just exploring the fucking world makes the game. The mechanics. And that's the only thing the, that makes the game. You can like be, you can do anything you want. There's a million ways to do each situation. It's, it's fucking amazing. The freedom of it makes it the best fucking Zelda game. It is not the best Zelda game. It is. Because here's the thing. And Hold it's on. one of the best games of all fucking time. Here's the thing. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is a phenomenal game, yes. but it is not the best Zelda game. Yes, it is. No, it is not. Now, I do acknowledge if they correct some of the, the issues that made Breath of the Wild not as great as it could have been, Breath of the Wild 2 will probably be the best Zelda game. If they can just fix a few things involving story, you know, I would honestly say bring back traditional dungeons, which I've also seen since the release of Skyward Sword HD. I've seen a lot of people being like, wow, replaying this has made me realize I really wish we had traditional dungeons again because that's one of the most that's one of the most entertaining things about these games is all the different puzzles going through dungeon to dungeon. And while Breath of the Wild is absolutely a phenomenal game, one of the best games that's ever come out that's, you know, based on statistics, that's, you know, in terms of ratings and sales numbers, there's no denying that. But in terms of a true Zelda game, it is not the best, but it is a incredible incredible first step bringing us into the direction of what we could get out of being the best Zelda game to come. Twilight Princess with an incredible world, amazing story, some of the best dungeons in the franchise. I fully believe that it is the best Zelda game out there. Other great Zelda games that you absolutely need to try. Wind Waker, I know it's cartoony. That turned a lot of people off initially, but it is an amazing game. Great dungeons. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Majora's Mask, 
got to check that one out. That you know really brings a, a darker tone to the series with that one. Ocarina of Time, of course, a legendary game, kind of helped create the genre that we're at, that we're at currently. You know, even Minish Cap on the GBA check that one out great game there i'm personally a big fan of four swords adventures uh that you know that you know that that got kind of ported up to the gamecube because that was initially on the gba with a link to the past that's fantastic that's uh just gonna list the whole franchise the yeah. whole franchise is incredible now the uh the ds link between worlds i fucking love the idea of that the whole new mechanic where right. you like go into the wall and everything that was fucking awesome i love that right okay now but your love of Twilight Princess, do you think that maybe, just maybe, you're seeing like rose colored nostalgia? No, absolutely not. Okay. Because I still really replay, though? I replay the GameCube version pretty regularly. Oh my God. But, and I've replayed the Wii U version just last year. No, by no means. Okay. I, I genuinely believe it is that good. We'll, of a game. we'll die on our respective hills. We will. We're going to We're not to. coming down from this. We're going to have to. Yeah. Hopping over to number nine. Hey, John, back you, to your original question. Orcarina? You? Orcarina. Okay. Orcarina. Cool. Okay. Now, if you want to move on. All okay. Right. <laughs> so, like I mentioned in the very beginning, our top 10 are going to have some absolute bangers, and it's going to have some kind of underrated games. And this is going to be one of those underrated games. One of my picks Conquer Live and Reloaded. This game actually recently got put on with Games with Gold. So, if you have Xbox Gold, great way to check it out right there. This is one of my favorite games of all time because of how fucking stupid it is. You know, the, the whole point of the game is you're following a squirrel named Conquer who just had a hell of a night. He's hungover and he's just trying to get home, which which prompts the title of the original game this is remade from, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. So the entire game is him just trying to get back home, and just the whole game is just a comedic masterpiece of where you just go through multiple movie references, like you have The Matrix, Save It, Private Ryan, uh, Terminators in the game, Van Helsing's in the game, multiple things throughout this game, and it's just a comedic, just adventure of a lot of stupid shit. Speaking of shit, one of your bosses is literally a giant pile of shit named the great mighty Pooh who sings opera to you uh you know this is a game that i can just sing so much praise for the multiplayer is an unbelievable amount of fun as well uh even if you're just playing which is uh, at this point in time you know since it is an older game on the xbox just playing with the ai it is still a great time this is a game i 1000 percent say everyone needs to play because it's a great time just to kick back if you got a buddy with you you both can just kick back take turns playing and just have a laugh and enjoy this game from beginning to end uh, coming in at number eight, we have Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, this is potentially my favorite game of all time. The only thing that would compete with it would be Mass Effect 3 that I have talked about on numerous occasions. Red Dead Redemption 2 is just a story masterpiece. This, of course, being by Rockstar. Uh, just beginning to end, you know, you know, coming in this game, everyone is so attached to John Marston, our pro tag of the first one. And so coming in this game, being introduced to our new character, Arthur Morgan, people are kind of uneasy about it. And I, I think even with when it comes to this game, you know, being a prequel of the first, you know, Rockstar, I don't think anticipated how much people would love Arthur more than John because that's ultimately what has happened with this game because Arthur is such an incredible character and just the adventure that transpires where you watch the rise and fall of the Vanderlyn gang and really what was referenced all throughout the first one where John would just be like, oh, they left me for dead, this and that, whatever. They turned their backs on me. They turned their backs on family. You get to watch that transpire throughout the whole game. You get to watch Dutch, who is a, such a charismatic character, just watch him descend further and further into just madness to where he's just this complete lunatic by the end of the game. You know, it, it's a game that it is very long. And I do acknowledge that. I know that's one thing that made me kind of turn John off about it, you know, yeah. but this is a game that if you have the time, 1000% pick this game up. This game has just, 
emotionally just destroyed me no, it, in so many ways. It definitely speaks for itself just how fucking good it is. The detail, everything about it is just so good. It really is. You the, know what I did The world is great. I went and played poker for an hour. Okay. I've done that plenty. I played dominoes like a shit ton. Just sit down with the old dudes and play dominoes. And by the time I realized like three hours later, yes. like, I need to play the actual game. I, I've literally sat down for probably like two to three hours and just played poker. Yeah. The game. I'm not going to lie. So I'm with you, Zach. That is something <laughs> that I've spent a lot of time on. This is a game that, uh, you know, was nominated for game of the year and was ultimately beat out by God of War in 2018. And, you know, just the fact that it got as high as it did up for game of the year. I mean, I'm not kidding. You guys need to play this game. It is it is a story masterpiece. It really is. Uh, coming in at number seven, uh, we have Divinity Original Sin 2. Okay, Divinity Original Sin 2. It is. It has been a fairly popular game. It is very, very well reviewed on Steam, uh, which is where I had played it from. It is one of the best RPG games I have ever played. It's as you're... It's like when you're walking around the world, it's kind of free roam. You can do, move around as you want to. The second combat starts, it turns into uh, a turn-based game as well. And the exploration in it, the game tells you nothing. It's like as you're starting it up, it doesn't tell you how to play. You start, you have mm-hmm. to talk to people. To, it's like you have to talk to the NPCs to figure out where quests are, what you need to do. It is so it also, just does not hold your hand. It well, does not, not hold your hand. Okay. I, I will say one thing. If you do pick this game up, quick save is your friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> you will quick save more than you have ever quick saved. Yeah, I agree with John on this. This is an amazing RPG. Like, as he said, it does not handhold you, and you can screw up real quick. You can screw yeah. up very bad. And the character creation is uh, very, very in-depth very in depth as well. And if you don't want to worry about creating a character, they have very, very well done uh, Presets. preset characters essentially that have their own tie tie-ins to the story that mm-hmm. lead to uh, that make some of the quest lines in the game a lot more interesting and w- will make you actually care about what you're doing a little bit. And but yeah, in general, it is just one of the best games that I have ever played. Yeah, I sort of want to hear from you, John, because one of my first screw-ups was in that camp after the ship. I managed to get my collar off without realizing it and walked up to a guard. <laughs> Uh, we the group i was playing with because i played at Mm co-op uh there were many many instances where we had to uh reset or go back a little ways because uh me of course i played a glass cannon route which if you the perks in the game also sometimes come with hindrances so uh, by picking glass cannon, I had all of my action points available every round of combat, but CC bypassed all my shielding. So there were, and there are many instances where a lot of the monsters have AOE crowd control effects that I would just walk into because I didn't know they were there and I didn't scout ahead. And it just, it made it extremely interesting because depending on your talent choices, character choices and that, the entire way you look at combat can change drastically. Coming in at number six, we have the Persona series. Now, this is a very good modern-day RPG with... And I specifically would say... No, no, I'd say actually go and head play any of them. Um, One and two is a bit hard to get a hold of, but three, four, and five, 
you, as long as you have a PS2, you can get a hold of one of these. Um, it's a very good series. Battles are done especially well. Um, the whole gaining uh, summons or shadows to fight and control with to more or less control the battle. All the characters are fairly entertaining. The story itself are always very good. Then the uh, social links or confidants storylines are always very fun to interact with and learn about these characters. And just the dungeon designs are very fun and uh, just to wander around in and finish up and everything. Especially with um, five, yeah, five's the latest and it, all of its dungeon designs were very well done. And each, even though each dungeon was sort of its own story, it, they all fit very well into just the overarching story of each game. So I'd say go um, if you can get a hold of one, try it, play it. Yeah, P5R has uh, definitely taken uh, the, the series more into like a mainstream type of look, mm-hmm. and it also helps that Joker got added into Smash, which puts more eyes on the franchise. So I, I, you know, just from what I know from you, from other people that's played it, P5R is probably a great way to start, and then you can maybe kind of work your way back. I know P, uh, P4 Golden came out on Steam not too long ago, so if you got a good computer, hit hit that up. I guess the only thing I would say that if you start with five, four would probably be a pretty easy transition. Three might be rough because three was sort of the starting point of all of our mechanics and systems we now have in the Persona series. Gotcha. Good to know. Uh, coming at number five. All right. So for this one, it's it's no surprise that it's on this list with how many times that I'll always find a way to bring this this game series into this show. And that is the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, I would just say, obviously, pick up the Mass Effect Legendary Edition that just came out this year, which is a base, more or less a kind of a real remaster remake type of feel to the original trilogy. This game series is by far my favorite series of all time. Mass Effect 3 probably being my favorite game of all time. Red Dead Redemption 2 being the only one competing with it. Uh, now, this is not an exaggeration when I say this. You know, this is a, you know, just a general understanding from multiple reviews of this game. This is one of the best sci-fi stories in history. And I know I don't mean games only. I mean history, and that is just a general conception for people who played this game. You know, this uh, when this when Mass Effect kind of came out, and with how they kind of approached how they took the game, where your decisions actually matter. That was really new. That was not new, but it was uh, different. It was you know on, you know it's not something that did not happen very often, where. When you, when you make a choice in the first one, it may not have anything to do with you in two, but it's going to have a big impact in three. Choices that you make in one will impact you in two and three. You know, they're, you know, just having those different choices, you have so much replayability. And then when it comes to like just the cast of characters that are around you, this is one of the most interesting cast of characters that's out there in gaming. There's not really a boring character. There might be some characters that you don't necessarily want to bring with you every mission. You know, a great example for me, Morden. I don't really care to bring Morden with me in Mass Effect 2, but I love Morden as a character. He's a very interesting dude. Characters like Garrus, Tally, Rex, Grunt, um, you know, Liara, and just so forth. Like, this is a game series that, you know, I, I cannot sing enough praise to that everyone needs to check out. I know Andromeda was a bit of a flop. I get that. And we have some hopes for what's to come out of this new one that's coming out here in the near future. And we're hoping that it's going to really get back to the roots that we've come to know and love with the trilogy. But, I mean, you know, this game, this game series also has one of the probably, actually, it probably just is the best DLC I've ever played in my life with Mass Effect 3 Citadel. Um, everything about this game cannot sing enough praise. You absolutely need to play this game series. Pick up the Legendary edition $60 for the for the first three games all the DLC with it phenomenal value cannot stress that enough agree with everything because Mass Effect is really amazing never played the first one but played the shit out of uh, the second and third one 
I don't even know how many times, but I love how you said Andromeda was a bit of a flop. And it was like a complete I was trying fucking to be, I was face trying, plant. I was trying to be a little nice. We know it's a flop. I mean, they had deal like a bunch of DLC they canceled yeah. and just like, yeah, we're not going to make this. We'll just make it into books and we'll just end it there. No, okay, yes, it was a massive flop. I was trying to be a little nice there. Wow. Huge, incredible flop. And we, we, we do have a lot of... Yeah, we're hoping for a comeback here with this new one. Um, hoping. I mean, the yeah. only thing I liked from Andromeda was the combat. The combat was fun. Combat was good. I agree with that. Uh, you know, when it came to Andromeda, the characters were just really boring to me. That was that was the only ones that were had really boring characters. You know, the the, the trilogy overall hit it out of the park with pretty much everyone. Caden might be the only one that I didn't care for. I did bring him over to three on a recent playthrough. Still on the boring side, but he does get a little bit better in three. But uh, no, the, these these games you absolutely need to check out. They're just absolutely incredible. You know, top to bottom. Just and I'm not kidding. That sixty dollar value at Legendary Edition to get all, all three with the DLC and everything. It's told. It's it is one thousand percent worth it. But you feel like waiting a little bit? Eh. Based on how gaming goes, I'd put money that it may go on sale on Black Friday. So just wait till yeah. then. Pick it up at cheap price. Uh, coming in at number four, we have Gauntlet, uh, most notably Legends and Dark Legacy. So Gauntlet is the arcade beat 'em up 64 PlayStation 2. We did have a new one come out on PC a couple years, but eh, it was okay. If you really want a good beat 'em up that'll last a long time, do Gauntlet Legends or Dark Legacy. Dark Legacy is almost an expansion of Legends because it takes all the content from Legends and just expands it. Very enter- very entertaining to just beat them up. Each has its realms, finishing with a boss fight. And choose one of the characters, go around, smash shit. Smash everything. Smash doors to find potions. Smash doors to find runes. Smash a grave to cop enemies. Smash the boss because you can. Smash doors so you can find a big blue axe to throw at a dragon to freeze it. <laughs> It, this gauntlet is a, is a great series to play with your friends. Oh, One, most like, definitely. All, all, all the four of us yeah. had a great time on Legends up until a certain point. Then you all quit. <laughs> we failed to realize we were playing Iron Man mode <laughs> and forgot that in Legends, if you die without a safe pack, you're dead. Or you just don't die. Simple as that. Simple as that, he says. Yeah, easy for you to say because I think I at live. the point I hadn't played it before. <laughs> I'm just following along. It was a great fucking game, but God damn, man. Gauntlet is definitely a game that is uh, just an incredible experience to play with your friends and definitely should be played. Legends or Dark Legacy, 100%. Uh, coming at number three, we have the God of War series. Okay, God of War. Initially, initially we were talking just God of War 2018 as uh, the game that needs to be played, and I've... I kind of fought for the series as a whole because if you play God of War 2018, you fall in love with the characters in that story. It is very well told. It's a very emotional story that kind of takes you up and down as we really see Kratos as completely different than we have in the previous games. And the reason I say that we, or the reason I was saying we needed to include the series because if, if you've only ever played God of War from 2018, you really need to go back and see where he came from so you understand the real shift that happened through here or that they managed to pull off in that game because it makes it that much better. It makes you understand why people got as emotional as they did from simple scenes as like pulling out the Blades of Chaos. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like 
that scene, the reason why Very so many powerful. people got hyped up and it was such a powerful scene is because it was a complete tonal difference from the entire series that it came from. And everyone who everyone needs to play the series and everybody especially who played the newest entry needs to play all of them maybe not chains of olympus <laughs> <laughs> i like that little plug and yeah when it comes to god of war series of course you know if you, if you if you're one of the lucky few out there that has a playstation 5 then you know of course you have the playstation plus collection which god of war is included god of war was a ps plus game at one point and it goes on sale every black friday for 10 bucks so there's a good chance that there's a lot of you out there that have played the 2018 version of this uh, of this series and never played any of the others i'll go ahead and you know i'll go ahead and admit it 2018 is really the only one I've played beginning to end. I've dabbled in some others, but that's the only one I've personally played from beginning to end. So, but you know, thanks to John sending me some videos to watch where it breaks down everything I need to know for the other game. <laughs> I do acknowledge that, hey, yes, people need to experience these games firsthand. Because even though, yeah, I've seen the videos that John sent me, it doesn't do it justice. They're games that I wish I could find the time to go back and replay. You know, so God of War is, is an incredible series beginning to end and uh, definitely excited for the next one to come. And in the direction that this series is going. Uh, coming in at number two, uh, we have Marvel's Spider-Man that came out on the PlayStation 4. Now, when it comes to Spider-Man, there are some great Spider-Man games out there. There's the Ultimate Spider-Man, which takes a real focus on the comic book comic book style of a game. There's Spider-Man 2, which really helped set up a lot of stuff that we have today, as well as Ultimate Spider-Man. And of course, there's even Miles Morales that came out last year, which is a sequel to Marvel's Spider-Man. But Marvel's Spider-Man, this is... This is a superhero game done perfectly. Damn near right. Everything that good that we've had out of Spider-Man games in the past, this one has taken it and has completely excelled on it with, with the skill tree that comes with the wide range of suits that's in the game. Such a wide cast of villains that you get to encounter, the references. And I get, one thing that makes this game so great is the fact that you don't have to have rehashed the same thing that you've seen a hundred times thanks to the movies or perhaps other games of where Peter gets his powers and is the beginning. No, this dude has been Spider-Man for like seven years. You're getting a veteran Spider-Man in the world and getting a whole new take on what is happening. You get uh, a thrown up in your face uh, a villain that probably not a lot of people heard of going into this game with Mr. Negative. Uh, Doc Ock, of course. The Sinister Six is a prominent focus. Shocker makes an appearance. And you know, and then other villains here and throughout, like Taskmaster. Um, their Tombstone was in the game as well. Another kind of you know smaller one. This is a game that the story-wise is absolutely incredible. You know, if you played straight the story, you probably beat it in about 16 hours. But I don't know anyone that did just that because of just how much there is to do around the map, just with all the different collectibles to help you unlock other suits. The DLCs were absolutely incredible, and this game with everything that it, it, there's so many revolving pieces right now that's setting up for the the sequel that we know is that is on the way between the, what happens with Yuri in the DLC, the teases with Venom and Harry. There, the, the teases with, with with what Taskmaster, you know, all of his side stuff was setting up where he was scouting you potentially for something, that, you know, which could be the Thunderbolts, I believe. Man, there's so much going on in this game, but it's all done so right. The emotional roller coaster that transpires in the second half of the game with your mentor basically just turning against you, turning his back against everything that you believed was right. 100%, this is a game that people need to play, especially if you're a big superhero fan. 1000 percent one thing i will say uh about this game is you know you've done 
the mechanics of the game justice when they have a fast travel system in the game, but why would I fast travel when I can take the extra minute to swing through the city? Exactly. It's like you know you've done something right when the fast travel option is there, but it's it's the afterthought. Kind of like Black Flag, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, that was a thing in Black Flag. The sea shanties were just like, I want to listen to my guys sing. <laughs> the only reason I ever uh, even fast travel, I've only fast traveled probably enough times to count on one hand, and I've replayed this game three times, is just to see, like, the, you know, at least this is the PS4 version. But I will say for the remaster, I did try it because they did specify, like, how quick the game is. It's, it's, it is instant. The moment you click something to fast travel, it's like black screen, boom, you're there. The only reason I ever fast traveled in the original is because there was some funny little, like, quick you know load screens of like where spider-man's like chilling on the front of the train playing on his phone and stuff other than that john's right there's no reason to fast travel just going around swinging around the city and as you're swinging from one area to the other trying to get to like the next mission go fight some crime dude go beat some people up crime pops up all the time uh i cannot wait for the second one the second one is going to be absolutely incredible insomniac has just done so great over these past few years with multiple titles, you know, Miles Morales, Spider, you know, Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart now. Uh, you know, the, if you like, if you are if you're a superhero fan and you have not played this game, 1000% pick it up, no doubt. And uh, lastly, finishing off this list, finishing off this show here, coming in at number one. We talked about how Mass Effect is one of the greatest sci-fi stories out there, and that is 1,000% true, but another series that is just as incredible of a sci-fi adventure, that is the Halo trilogy, or just the Halo series in general, but we are highlighting the Halo trilogy. So, I, I mean, I really like this one on this list at the top, just because this is a trilogy that has really set in... Um sort of a process of gaming for at least I know our generation and with the newest trilogy, another generation of people who play games and whatnot of just shooters, story characters and things like that. Master Chief is an iconic character. Now we all know yep. Cortana freaking Johnson. Yeah. Johnson freaking Johnson. His <laughs> ass should have been dead. <laughs> we all know it. We ignore it, but we all know it. Uh, poor guy. Actually, I guess lucky guy in this case. Um, and just like even several of the maps are very iconic in throughout the Halo series as well. Yeah, so it is one of the best games to play co-op with some friends as well. The yep. story itself is great, but also playing through that story with with a couple friends amplifies it even more. And it's like it it's got some of the best moments that can happen just from random randomness in the levels you may not it's like if you're driving around you may clip a rock just right and be sent <laughs> off to the next ring and i mean there's also such iconic things like halo gave us the skulls oh the, yes the, the skulls. Yes. I think the maybe most infamous one would be iron Yes. Because you die, you go all the way back to the fucking beginning, and, and you're on worst. Legendary. Yeah, and yeah, the of course, the lasso challenge, Legendary, all skulls on, and yep. as Jerry oh, was saying, man. freaking Iron. Oh, Iron's the worst one, because if you're solo, you die, you start the level yep. over again. If you're with a team, you die, well, y'all are going to go back a pretty far way, too. <laughs> And uh, you know, I do want to uh, do want to uh, say one thing about this entire list that we have. One thing, as you probably have noticed at this point, is that we really tried to avoid uh, multiplayer games because when it comes to multiplayer games, in a lot of cases, it's like we can name this great multiplayer game, but it's like you should have been there. 
You know, we're trying to pitch games that you can play today. And I will say when it comes to the Halo trilogy, you know, Halo 3 is one of the best multiplayers that has ever existed. But it really was, you had to be there. Because, I mean, the original servers are actually up right now, but they are unfortunately finally closing down this December. There is the Master Chief Collection, which can give you a great taste of what maybe you missed out on with Halo 2 and Halo 3. But the, the big thing about this, uh, the why it got so high is not just because of the multiplayer, not because of the sheer amount of hours that I know it at least we three have just brutally dumped into Halo 3 to an just unhealthy amount. I remember, God, years of high school was just dedicated to that game. How's that, how's wake that, up, play how's that 40 going? I, I wasn't going to say it. How's that 40 going in, in Team SWAT there, bud? <laughs> no. No, it, okay. I can't, no. Minus that, it's a great fucking game. Obviously, I don't know. It's it's like anyone you can say, uh, like you've played games religiously over the years. Yep. And in that time, it's like, hey, did you play Halo 3? It's like, fuck yeah, I played Halo 3. Right. Everyone fucking played it. Everyone yep. loved it. I wasn't in on the original time when uh, 1 and 2 came out. Me coming in on 3 from PS2, I was fucking shocked. I was floored. It was fucking right. amazing. And then once I finally got internet and started playing online with you, and I was a total noob, dude, it was, it was fucking amazing. And they're just dedicating so much time to that game. I will say, it's like the stories of 1, 2, and 3, it's during the time that they were out, it was one of those that if you knew somebody and they who played it and they asked, hey, you want to play through the story again? It was never a question. No. Exactly. It was, it was never, just what difficulty. It was never a question. It was what difficulty and what are we going? On? It's like, are we going now or are we going later? When are we doing this? Right. And the best thing that really, this game that really, why it's tough for us is like, as John was saying, it's not a question of whether you went and played story. It was a question of, okay, we're going to play story, but how are we going to make this harder on ourselves? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how are we going to make our lives miserable? Do you want to go for the Vidmaster achievements? What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. How many skulls are we turning on and what challenges are we putting on ourselves anyway? Exactly. No matter what, we're putting on Grunt Birthday Party. That's true. That was fucking that, great. That is, a, like, that is always I don't know why, but it seemed like headshots were easier when that was on. Yeah. I don't know why. Psychological, man. Yeah, it really I is. is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing that I will say is that this series does hold a special place in my heart because, like... I, I am kind of, it is kind of cool to say this. I have literally been playing Halo since the, since the release of Halo. Uh, my friend that lived across the street, you know, he managed to get his hands on Halo, like probably literally like I think two days after it released and I came over and we played the campaign and I've been playing the series since. I will say I've dropped off because of four and five. Four was okay. Five, not, not great. Yeah. It, it's a thing. I will say I am excited for you, uh, for Infinite at this point. I, I mean, the multiplayer for sure looks great. Um, but, you know, playing this series pretty much from beginning to where we are now, it does hold a special place in my heart for that. And I got to say, you know, one moment that still stands out today for not only me, but for a lot of Halo fans, uh, we're just like a great and like an incredible gaming moment to always like look back on is just how fucking creepy it was when the flood was introduced in the first game. Oh my god. Game changing moment. <laughs> it really kind of just changed what was going to happen from that point forward and I st I still remember that moment to this day just how eerie it was going down there and and just finding all of the dead bodies and then just getting swarmed by the flood. That is still a moment that a lot of gamers hold very high to this day. I remember hearing the uh, story of how the first Halo came about and like what all they had to go through and how much of a time crunch they were on. Mm -hmm. And they just did so much right. Because, you know, original Xbox, low graphics, everything like right. that. 
but they did so well with what they had. Yep. Like the eerie music, the coloring of the environment, everything put you into it where you really just got sucked in. It was awesome. No, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. You mentioned the flood thing. I didn't get spooked by it at all because I literally just walked through it not really paying attention and just <laughs> walked through the whole thing. I was like, huh, this level is real easy. Then you get to that one Marine shooting. I was like, what are you doing, Bob? Yep. Okay. And carry it on. <laughs> then it did the video thing. I was like, what did I miss? Then the flood came in. I was like, I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> there is something I'm missing here. And, you know, uh, one extra special shout out that I want to make here as well is uh, while we say 1000% you need to play the Halo Trilogy and experience this campaign, I will also go ahead and, you know, put out there, you also need to experience the Halo Reach campaign. I really do believe the Halo Reach campaign is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, Halo 3 ODST, it's pretty solid. I mean, the... the yeah, I like it, yeah. I mean, the the horde mode, whatever, however it was, for fi- Firefight. Yeah. Firefight. Firefight, you know, the introduction to that, which then carry over to to, uh, to Reach, and I believe Halo 4 as well. I mm-hmm. think it's in 5, I'm not sure. You know, that that was fun about Halo 3 ODST. You I know? remember ODST, that was our big thing, was getting into Firefight mode. We yeah. fucking loved it. Well, we also, we did love it, but we also had to do it for the last few achievements. The Vidmaster, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Vidmasters. Now, Halo 3 ODST, while it is good, I do recommend it. It's probably worth the play, but Halo reach for sure i've really firmly believe is worth a play the only problem with reach was my fault that i hyped it up too much and then it was like kind of let down by the my own hype but it is really fucking good i i personally just love it i yeah. really do but i mean this trilogy uh is something that i definitely recommend people need to check out and you know uh, like I said, if you want a chance to kind of experience the multiplayer, I definitely say the Master Chief Collection is a good way to do so. It can give you it can give you vibes of like two and three. You know, you'll also have some four stuff in there, and even the first one, and maybe give you a little bit of a taste of like what you perhaps missed out on during those years of uh, Xbox 360, because that was that was years of dominance in the gaming industry with the 360 and with Halo 3, other multiplayer games like Modern Warfare 2 as well, uh, Gears of War, like we already mentioned. Um, you know, th- those were that was a very good. Very good time there. Yeah, and if you're looking to if you're looking to try to pick up Master Chief Collection, it is available on Game Pass as well. Yeah, it is on Game Pass. Yeah, you're right. It's on Steam and Game Pass. So, yep. And Game Pass is also is a phenomenal value, of course. Uh, but with that said, that is the list, guys. We've made it through 50 games you absolutely need to play. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy the list. Uh, I would love to know in like po- you know like comments below or something uh, if you guys disagree with any p- perhaps games we put on this list, any hot takes we might have had, uh, and any games of yours that we may have missed that really should have been on this list or been an honorable mention. We would we would we would like to know that. Uh, before I run through some shout outs and some thanks and stuff, boys, do you have anything you want to say to kind of finish off this show here? All I'm going to really say is like, comment, subscribe, rate, uh, whatever your platform allows. If you are watching on this YouTube and like what's going on, you can hit the subscribe. And if you really like what it is, you can hit the bell so it notifies you whenever we post a video. Thank you. And that is at youtube.com forward slash sparky3. Yeah, just just want to say thanks for having me back. Absolutely. I had a blast being here. It's fun coming up with the list and then having a little discussion about it here. No, it was really good to be on. Just to, you know, shoot the shit, talk about games we love over the years. Because, I mean, there's so many, obviously, but 
we got through the fucking list. Yeah, we did. Uh, th- I will say this is probably one of my favorite podcast episodes I've ever done. Just talking about all this was an absolute blast. You know, I do have some shout outs I want to run through because, like, you know, 50 episodes, that is a pretty big milestone in my mind. That is a big milestone for a podcast. You know, shout out to shout out to Nick, my original co-host who helped kind of lay the foundation for the show and help build up to kind of what we are now. Uh, shout out uh, to Josh, who has been on the show before. Jared, shout out to you, uh, former patron for us and also been on the show with the, with the DBA coach chat. Uh, shout out to Andy, our original, uh, we our very first patron we've ever had. Zach, shout out to you for stepping in, being my co-host over these last like 10, 12 weeks. It's been a blast doing it with you. Also, his birthday is coming up, so make sure to wish him happy birthday. John, shout out to you as well. I appreciate having you on the show. You're a great guest, and thank you so much for helping me out with editing. John is now an editor with me, helping me with the clips and everything. It's making my life so much better. <laughs> shout out to Jimmy as well, who's been on the show. He's also a great, great, uh, great guest, great conversation. And uh, lastly, and most importantly, shout out to everyone that listens and watches this show every single week, even if this episode was the first one you've ever seen by us. Thank you for tuning in. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, With that said, let's go ahead and get out of here because I am hungry. I am ready for some food after talking about these games. An incredible list of games. Again, if there's anything on here that you maybe disagree with, that you know, there's too much of a hot take, let us know. If there's games that we didn't put on here that probably should have been on here, let us know that as well. Uh, Cheers to 50 episodes. Cheers to 50 more and 50 more beyond that. I will say this up front right now on episode 50 Lot Harder Gamers. When we get to 100, I am not doing 100 games. I'm going to go ahead and say that right (laughs) fucking now. We're going to do something else for a special. With that said, have a good one, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye.